things like that because I don't really eat sugar. Because <laughs> really, yeah, you know, I've, I've cut that. I've cut I've cut that out. Like I don't. I'm not a big sugar person. I try to do more low carb and more healthy uh-huh. diet. But I love baking and and you know, like I'm a sugar dealer, but not yes. a druggie. You know what I'm saying? But you're not even <laughs> playing the product. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I just, I just, I just give it to small children. You know what I mean? Here's some cookies. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Megan and I wanted to introduce our very special guest today, Michelle Carabin. Uh, she's, she has 29 years of experience working with teens and disabilities as an employment and transition representative in a public high school. She helps students with disabilities develop skills and plans for their future, including college and job training. She was born in Washington, D.C. and now lives in Alexandria, Virginia. She also lived in San Francisco for four years with her best friend while her friend pursued culinary school. This inspired Michelle to start cooking more herself. Michelle has strong interests in cooking, grilling, and baking. It relaxes her, and she loves creating new recipes. This led her to start trying out for MasterChef starting in Season 6. She tried out six times before making it on the show to demonstrate to her daughters that persistence and hard work pays off. When Michelle's first daughter left for college, she wrote a cookbook for her so she would have recipes and and skills to cook on her own. She taught herself design skills and published it in the same month she went to L.A. for MasterChef. Michelle's hobbies are kayaking, yoga, and biking. She is currently training for her first century bike ride in September. She tries to lead by example and show her daughters that if you set a goal and work towards it, you can achieve your dreams. All right, Megan, why don't you introduce your friend um, and take it away? Yeah, thank you so much, Michelle, for being here. Um, We have so many things to talk about. You are many different things and wear a lot of different hats, but I wanted to start out by talking about how we met, and um, that was on MasterChef, and I met, and I don't want people to think that this podcast is all about MasterChef. It's not, Um, but I happened to meet the most amazing people there, and everybody had a story, and everybody was so much more than just like... And, you know, a five minute audition or whatever was aired of, of all of us. And so I would like to, you know, um, share who you guys really are. And, you know, everybody, everybody's got, um, you know, something to share and, and your life is really interesting. And you've done, um, you've done a lot. You wrote a cookbook, um, which I can't wait to talk about, but, um, but yeah, we, we met on MasterChef and. And I feel like we clicked because, and I don't want to say that we're like older, but like we were, we were the older half of the, or I mean, not even half, but there was like, there was like a handful of us that I would say had, were moms and there was a lot of 20 something. Yeah. You know? I and, told many people that I could have birthed most of them. Yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> but we did it. We did it. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so tell me about, um, a little bit about how that came to be for you and then we'll go back and we'll talk about like your career and and that kind of stuff. But how did MasterChef become a thing for you? Well, it was, uh, season seven, Mm -hmm. which as you know, we met at season 13. So the journey began with my best friend and I taking a train to New York thinking, 
we're good chefs. We can, we will just do this for fun. You know, we're not, we don't really think we're ever going to get on the show. Like there's no way. So we took the train, you know, we hung out the train, we lost our avocados, left them on the train. It was just a total hot mess. And we auditioned and we wore matching aprons and we just made, we just had fun with it. Yeah. And we had, at the time we did live auditions. So we had numbers and what they would do is you'd go into a room and you'd cook and then they'd call your number if they wanted you to talk to producers. And oh then gosh, they'd so let everyone else go. And we had our numbers called and we were like, we're so famous. We're totally going to be on the show. Yeah. Little did we know, like we really got nowhere in the process. <laughs> <laughs> because our numbers were called, we thought we were famous. We were walking through New York, pulling our little coolers, and we we're like, "We might get on this thing." And we, yeah. So it kind of like sparked the um, adrenaline. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I would say, like that we got when we were on it, mm -hmm. uh, and that started it. And then um, I kept trying out. I went to New York first, um, DC here. Then I flew my daughter to Chicago. Uh -huh. Drove all over th through Chicago looking for Anaheim chili. And then what do we do next? Texas. And then, um, and then COVID happened. And then I did a two zoom auditions and then I finally got on it. Wow. So <laughs> that is a long journey. And I mean, that is persistent. That's amazing. I think that, I mean, yeah. It borders on persistent and crazy. I'm, I'm not sure. Like my family was starting to question like, um, my mental stability because they're like, dude, how are you, how can you keep doing this? Like you're flying to Chicago. Like what the hell? Like you get right. like a few interviews and you send a few videos and you keep trying this stuff. I mean, but they give you then, enough, they give you enough attention to like, keep you going. You know, I remember right. like, you know, I wanted to drop out so many times because it was a lot of work and th they just kept giving me just enough attention, yeah. just enough encouragement just enough, please, will you? And, you know, it's, it's addicting. Yeah, it is. And it's exciting. And it, um, it takes away from the everyday to day, like teacher boredom, if you might say, like teaching is not boring. But I've been I've worked with kids with disabilities for 29 years. So you know, throw me a little bit of adrenaline and excitement like this, it makes things happen for me. I just really yeah. always like to achieve some kind of goal and have excitement. And you know, actually, like since we got back, I've been a little bored. <laughs> yeah, like right. I, I want, I like want some more. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, so let's go back. Let's talk about. So you do. You just disappeared for a minute, but I'm gonna have faith that you're still there, and this is all gonna come together. So, um, the um, you have a really important job. You work with teens with disabilities, teens and young adults. I'm assuming is this in. Um, this is in a high school setting. I don't, I'm not familiar with like this type of a program. I don't know if this is available everywhere. Um, but I'd love to hear about what you do. Like what's, what is your um, job? So, sorry, I was trying to calm my husky down so it doesn't bark. Um, yes. I work um, with um, every student in a high school setting that has an IEP. Do you know what an IEP is? Yes. Yes. Um, so if a student has any type of disability, whether it be physical, learning disability, dyslexia even, or really severe where they are in a wheelchair, they mm -hmm. have a plan in the high school. So I work with every single one of them. So, so disabilities ranging from autism to, you know, having a little bit of dyslexia and need some help on a job application. Wow. So what I, yeah. So I meet with them like every, like in an office as like, kind of like, a, I call it more of a special education counselor, uh -huh. if you will, like school counselor. 
Yeah. So they come in my office, they ask me for help for things. I do class lessons on job development and um, interview skills and things like that. Oh my gosh. That's such an amazing resource. Do I mean, Bill, have you ever heard of that? Does Sumner have anything like that? I don't, I, not to my knowledge. Yeah. I wonder. I know, I know uh, multiple counties in um, Virginia do. I'm not sure about other states, but there's one or two of us in every high school. So it's a tough job to get because, you know, yeah. you have 500 teachers in a high school and our position is like one or two. So it's yeah. a, it's a wanted job and it's a really good job, but uh-huh. you know, Going to the Master Chef Kitchen was a little bit more exciting. Right, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> no, that's. No, that's that, that, I think. I think that's a a, a a gap in a lot of schools. In that, a there is no like. There's no preparation for after high school. It's either college prep or. Eh, you're on your own. Yeah. Yeah. We have a career center for like the gen ed population and, and the special education where the career center helps with a lot of these things. But um, they work with everybody in the whole school. So it's not as personalized as what I do with these kids. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That is really awesome. cool. I mean, but that is a huge job too. I mean, if you think about like, there's a lot of IEPs. I mean, a lot of people have an IEP have their kids have an IEP um and so that's a lot of kids to be working with like on you know a regular basis I mean that I'm sure there's another person for gen ed but I mean sure that your job is more intense than well there's the stress of um knowing all the students with an IEP to make sure that you link them to the right services because you know if they fall through the cracks if you will you mm-hmm. would feel really terrible if they didn't get linked to like community services board, which would care for them later in years and things like that for the more severe kids. So right. you really have to make sure that you know your cases and, and get them linked or, you know, especially the, right now I'm the only one in the high school. So I'm responsible for all of them, which is pretty intense. And so that's probably why I go home and like start grilling. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. <laughs> and you call yourself, you call yourself <laughs> boss, right? Like that's a thing. Um, like, I call my I call myself the triathlete of cooking because I've tried to master baking, grilling, and cooking. Um, okay. And I'm a pit boss ambassador for the company Pit Boss, and so I have three pit boss grills. I have a smoker, a pellet grill, and a Kamado charcoal grill. Now um, we're talking. So, <laughs> yeah. awesome. Now we're talking I meat and grilling. <laughs> awesome. Yes. They make, they make an awesome grill, and it's it's yes. it's, it's a better value than Traeger for sure. And I so let that. me ask you this, Bill, um, if you could pick that one of my grills, which would it be? Would it be the pellet grill, the smoker, or the Kamado, if you can only pick one? Pellet. Really? It, convenient. Yeah, yeah, it's very convenient. It it works right out of the box. You don't, I mean, if you know how to grill, you can use it. Um, you know, a smoker is great, but mm-hmm. it takes, you know, it's slow, slow cooking, right? Yes, but, but, but often, I do the often, often I cook at home, um, and I love just being out outside mm-hmm. and grilling, and it's fun. But yeah, and that's pellet- why I like I like to say this that I do this too is because I want more women to want to do this because I feel like these men are going outside having the time of their lives, right? And, yeah. and and for hours having their beers, and we're inside like watching the kids like get out there, lady. <laughs> Yes. Right. Right. What are you waiting for? It, 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 
I have a Traeger. Like, is that like the second class of barbecue? No, Traeger and Pitbulls are like the same. Oh, they're okay. The the guy who invented the Traeger Mm -hmm. is the pit boss guy. He had a falling out or something. He, yeah. He had a falling out with the Traeger people. I guess they went corporate or something. And 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 then he said, "Screw this! I'm going to create my own my own grill." And so he made Pit Boss. I heard oh, charcoal, cool. charcoal or grill or broil some broil something just bought Char- Pit Boss. I heard. Did they? Okay. Uh huh. I <laughs> they haven't they haven't told me that that they still go as Pit Boss, but I heard that that happened. Well, that's too oh. bad. <clears throat> but- I like the brand and, and their, their, their marketing is really good. And they're, you know, they, they have a lot of neat recipes and stuff like that that they put out there. So I like And them. also just for the record for with my smoker, I do a lot of um, short cooks like baking cakes and uh, oh, pies yes. and, and smoking desserts, which is one of my favorite things to do. And one of the best desserts I have is a um, smoked cheesecake with figs on it, which is yeah. epic. Wow. That sounds delicious. Wow. Is that in the cookbook? No. Um, yes. Is it? Is it? Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll have to and look can, for it. You can make it and not smoke it. You can do it in the oven. But that that picture that's in my cookbook, I did smoke. Uh-huh. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Of course. Yeah. So good. So so let's go backwards a little bit just because we're all over the place on this um, episode. So I'm just going to stick with the theme. Um, <laughs> you were born You were born in, in Washington, D.C. And you currently live in Alexandria, Virginia. I would like to know a little bit more about like what your childhood was like, why, you know, because everybody has like a call to adventure in their life, but not everybody just picks up and follows their friend across country on a culinary adventure of a lifetime. <laughs> not everybody does that. So I want to know like, like what, what, hap- what happened to me what that makes that? me do these crazy things. Yes. Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Now I feel like I'm doing a Master Chef audition. <laughs> Let's get deep here. Let's find out why you're the way you are. Psychological <laughs> in- interview. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So my childhood was that my father, um, he always treated me and my brother equally. So he took us to play hockey out on the ice. Um. You know, he uh, for Christmas, I he, Rick, my brother Rick would open up his skates and a hockey stick, and I'd be looking over there like, oh. I want those. And I, you know, I, I thought I'd be getting a doll, right? Yeah. And I'd get a pair of skates and a hockey stick and I'd be like, right on dad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is great. And That's so great. that was super cool. And he was like our T-ball coach. He put me on the baseball team. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I was I, I'm probably a tomboy and, you know, I didn't play with dolls a lot. And my brother and I would play Star Wars figures and they'd battle and we'd have them on the steps and they'd be sword fights and shit all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> so we we're, were always crashing cars together, you know, and, and yeah. so what's funny is, um, you know, that transferred over to my daughters because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with girls, right? This, is, right? this might be a problem. And so they asked me to play Barbies and I, my Barbie started battling and fighting over Ken and stuff. And my daughters are like, what, what's up, mom? Man, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and so then my husband came in, he had him, he had him in a car and he was, had him driving, let's go shoe shopping. And they were like, dad. So he played Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have to know our strengths. Yeah. So yeah. you gotta know what you can handle and what you can't and Barbie. So I wasn't good at him. Um, you know, I, I'm not good at it either. Like my daughter wants to play. Barbies and I'm like, 
I just, I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, what, like, like, what are they supposed to do? Like, they yeah, have, how many shopping sprees can they go on, right? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, put the Barbie outside and get a grill. Good God, man. Yes. <laughs> That's what we need to do. That's what we That's need what to do. That's what we need to do. Now, yeah. but, so back to your question, because, you know, like, I'm acting all ADHD on this thing, but because we are all over the place. But, yeah. um, I like, I was raised equally to my brother. Um my mom didn't cook. She didn't really like to cook. She wasn't really a good cook. And if she's listening to this, I'm sorry. But, you know, we had a lot of canned green beans and sirloin yep. steaks. And um, we grew up with a very American um, lasagna that was overcooked and a little crunchy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. not yep. enough sauce. Kind of rough. Yep. Yeah. Um, My dad was a good cook in the family. And he'd do, like, chilies and grilling and different things and my brother cooks a lot because he's a he's a fire captain so he cooks he cooks for the firehouse or he used to oh, cool. and I would go over there and help cook with him. So I guess that's the end of like that's really all I can say is that that was yeah. the cool part of my story that I was I was raised that you you can do anything and there there's nothing too big. And yes. my mom was actually she worked two jobs and um you know we're a middle class family. Mm-hmm. She was a um, worked for the defense department mm-hmm. and worked real estate at night. And she was a, she's quite a fighter. So oh, a good yeah. inspiration. Great inspiration. That sounds like you had amazing parents and um, you're very lucky. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just, I mean, just growing up thinking, you know, I can do this. Like if my brother can do it. I can do it too. Then all of a sudden you graduated, what, high school, college, and your friend had just graduated. Was it college? Uh, yes, I just finished George Mason University, and I had a degree in psychology, and I was bartending. Okay, um, which so is you were psychology, like, I anywhere. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. So, so bartending you know, was my um, internship. Yeah. So you just we call. I don't know who I was. Ta- I think I might have talked about this with Bill, like on the first episode about the hero's journey and the call to adventure, and it seems like you've had a lot of those, like a call to adventure. And you follow it. And that's a beautiful thing. And I love that about you. Um, but tell us about following your friend across the country to do. And before, you know, I, before I tell you that, I'm going to tell you I love you for that, too. Like, thank you. You are the same way. Thank you. Uh, really, you are. You inspire me, truly. I mean, talk about going for your dreams. I mean, you're just going to open a motel and, you know, with a family. I mean. It's amazing. Um, well, yeah, so I was I was interning, um, majored in psychology. I wasn't making any money because you can't. And people told me that, and I didn't believe it. Like, you're going to get a BA in psychology. What are you going to do with it? That's all I ever heard, bartending. Like, you should do something else. But right. at the time, my dream was to help people, be a therapist, you know, save lives and, and make a difference in people's lives. Yeah. And I only cooked ramen and spaghetti noodles with Italian dressing, and that wasn't my thing. It was yeah. terrible. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so she called me and she said, I just left um, culinary school. Do you want to camp across country and um, go live in San Francisco? And I was like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. And my mom was like, have you lost your fucking mind? Yeah. <laughs> so that happens to me a lot. <laughs> same. Same. Shockingly. Yeah. Um, and so I... I packed up and we left like a month later. I quit my jobs. And um, uh, at the time I had two jobs. I was working in a residential setting with um, 
disabled people, which was really intense um, for people with disabilities. And um, so we, we, we camped with my Husky at the time and two friends and camped across country, rain and everything. We, 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 rain came in our tent. We hung it at McDonald's to dry. We cooked on the um, fire. It was cool. Wow. And, and I remember driving over the Golden Gate Bridge for the first time. I was like, holy cow, what am I doing? This is so freaking exciting. Right. Um, and then we got there, you know, we had, we had already got a place and, um, you know, I had to borrow a thousand dollars from her to, to pay rent for the, at first until I got a job. And then we got residency there and I went and got my master's degree in special education, specializing wow. in transition, what I do now. And then I was there for five years. And, wow. um, the, the, I wasn't ever coming back ever. Yeah. Okay. I loved, I loved San Francisco and I hear it's very different now, which is sad, what, but where did you get your degree in San Francisco? Uh, San Francisco state. Okay. That's where and, my wife um, went. Your mom, your wife went there too? Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Degree, yeah. All right. Um, and my husband was my high school sweetheart and I wasn't coming back and I came home for a wedding and he, I ran into him and, you know, we made out and stuff. <laughs> I flew back to San Francisco and I was like, well, I don't know what happened there, but I'm not coming back. And then he flew out to see me in San Francisco, started visiting me and proposed and we came home. Oh, so, that's so, I love that story. I mean, and you could always, people are mobile. You can go anywhere. You could always go to San Francisco another time. Tell that to um. Tell that to Jim. <laughs> Never. <laughs> San Francisco is still pretty awesome, and it's it's very similar to Seattle, which is near where I live and where Megan used to live. Mm -hmm. Um, it gets a bad rap. It's not a, it's not nearly as bad as people say. It's sensationalized on the news. Just just so you guys know that it's not that bad. Well, yeah. maybe they'll make it cheaper, and then I can then I can drag him back there. Right. You know, you know why it's expensive, right? Because everybody wants to live there. Yeah, so exactly. That's why California real estate is expensive because everybody wants to live here. Because right? it's crazy. Except for last year, it doesn't really rain there. Um, right, it's but we summer. experienced all that rain. Do you remember that? What? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they got a lot of rain last year, but before that, I mean. I lived in California for 50 years and, and we, we lived through a drought every 10, 10 years. Where so, did you live in California? Northern California, about 60 miles east of San Francisco. Okay. I actually once had a job in San Francisco, a summer job. And it was quite interesting because I was afraid of heights. So I thought I would conquer my fear when I got, I got offered a job from my, one of my, one of my college, um, friends he said my brother uh needs somebody over the summer to help him wash windows in san francisco and i'm like oh, i can wash windows and then 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 i got there and it was a 30-story building and oh, i was no. like oh this is different no way <laughs> and it, it didn't no, help conquer my fear of heights but i was able to do it i mean it was all right it wasn't um, it wasn't as bad as you thought it was no no i don't um, think i could do that i couldn't yeah yeah, but uh -uh. you know what? What Mark Twain said about San Francisco was very true, and I, I'm probably going to screw up the quote, but it was something like, 
the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. Right. <laughs> because was, every mile you drive inland, yes. in the summer, the heat goes up one degree. So yep. it could be 60 in San Francisco and over well over 100 where I live. Exactly, because wow. we, we lived in, a, I, worked, I worked in San Rafael, and yeah. then I lived in Mill Valley. And then okay. I would go visit friends in San Francisco. So you would you would have it be super hot where I worked, and then cold when I got over the bridge. It was yeah. It was you experienced seasons in one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was never winter in California, really. No, I loved it. No winter. Yeah. Yeah. It got cold, but not real cold. But well, we would we would also we would also go snowboarding up in Tahoe every weekend. So we used to snowboard, and that was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. California is amazing for the for that reason. It does have everything. It does. Mm -hmm. But it is expensive, and it That's is. That's it. I'm packing. <laughs> yeah. Good job. I'm out of here. <laughs> Sorry, husband. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You come or go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but in my so, Virginia time. <laughs> um, so, anyways, so you then um, after that. You got a job. You had a couple kids, and um, and then you started applying for master's. Or did you get a did you get a teaching job right away when you moved back? Um, actually, I I right when I got back, I got a um, job as a vocational rehab counselor for the state of Virginia, which was okay. a super cool job. And then I did that for a couple years, and then. I worked with school, so I would go meet the people that did my job at the high school to do intakes for the kids. And they uh -huh. were like, oh, well, if you want to have kids, you know, you really want to work in a school because then you have, you know, the time off, like spring breaks, Christmas. And so mm -hmm. I applied for that, and I've done that ever since. That's so. amazing. Yeah. So you, um, you, okay, sorry, I got lost. We are <laughs> back to um, Virginia. And you've gotten a job and you have a couple of kids. And then your same friend that you went to San Francisco with, is that the same friend that you auditioned in New York with? Or is this a different friend? No, that was a different friend. She was my college roommate. Um, and the girl that I went across country with, her name was Kat. And she actually became a um, pastry chef. And she her husband, it was a she became a chef. And she worked at like awesome restaurants like Farallon in San Francisco Boulevard. Um, and then her husband worked under Alice Waters. Um, and, and he, he, he's a really, really good chef. And so they met at a restaurant. They met at Farallon, I think it was. And, mm -hmm. um, they've been married ever since. Um, they, ha they opened two restaurants in, um, San Francisco. Um, one was called Alma. And then, uh, then they went and opened a restaurant in Tahoe. And now they're in Montana, and neither one. Well, actually, he's a private chef, but she works in a grocery store and doesn't chef anymore. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, what is your like? What's your dream? Like, you have a cookbook out now, and it's really beautiful. Tell us what it's called. I have a copy, and tell us where we can get a copy, and then we'll remind everybody at the end, and we'll share the link as well. Okay. Thank you. It's yeah. um called Food Color Spice. Um, and you can get it on Amazon or book baby. Mm -hmm. uh, and I self published. Uh, I learned a lot through doing a cookbook, uh, a lot what not to do. Okay. <laughs> you know, cause you really, cause I had you no idea what I was doing. You would never no know. Clue. 
This cookbook, I bought it. So I bought this, I bought it on Amazon when I got home from MasterChef, like as soon as it came out. And as soon as I heard that it came you out, did. I, I need a copy. So I went and bought a copy and it arrived and it was beautiful. It is like a, a big cookbook that has full color, like edge to edge, gorgeous photos that I can't even believe that you guys took yourselves on. I mean, you're well, not so here's here's the it. other here's the other secret to that is that my husband is a director of photography, and uh, <laughs> he works as a um, cameraman. He goes and does the Masters Golf events. Uh, he's done Super Bowls. He's done Olympics. He does the uh, so HD cool. handheld cameras, and he's got a couple Emmys. And um, he's he's really pretty awesome. But he does do still photography and lighting. And so over COVID. Um, he had he was home because he didn't get much work because everything shut down and yeah I still was working but I was working from home so we had, had enough money to do stuff but he didn't have anything yeah. to do because he was here all the time and I was like hey right. how about you <laughs> how about you take some of these food pictures for me and he's like so that was pretty comic right there because we'd take pictures and he'd be like what you, what you need you need to plate this this way and that's not lighting what are you doing and we'd be like right. <laughs> and my kids were actually like the heck are they doing right yeah. um, but so so i you know going into the cookbook my idea was because my daughter had just went to college and the other one they're 20 months apart and they, they were both leaving you know we're going to be mm -hmm. empty nesters and i thought you know you as a parent you think well we've seen them ride a bike we've seen them get in the car and give them the car keys and they drive away all these moments that i could get like worked up about <laughs> and yeah. then you know the hardest was you take them to college you drop them off and you watch their little selves walk away, pushing that bin, you know, and you're like, yeah, holy cow. You know, what, what am I, did I teach them enough? You know, are they going to make good decisions? They're not going to do anything that I did. It was ridiculous. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. I, I thought, I thought, well, we, we should, it's really, really, really freaking scary. And so I thought, well, you know, let's, let's make do something, you know, like I, you always want to have some sort of control over these situations. And I thought, well, I cook. What if I'm, we make a cookbook together as parents and put it together and that will be my gift to them to always be able to go home, you know, like oh. wherever they, wherever they live, they can go home because these are their favorite recipes. Um, what I did, and I had a binder like this, this big, a purple binder that had all of my notes and recipes and I, and I thought, well, these are, I know what their favorites are. So I'll just put everything they've ever liked in the cookbook, right? Like what, what, who, like Really? Do we really need 340 pages in the cookbook? No, you don't. <laughs> and then make your husband take 150 photos, right? And then, you know, you don't think, well, then he comes back and we're putting the photos together. And he's like, well, this one sucks. Like, what, what, what were we thinking here? This looks terrible. You have to do this recipe again. And right. Like, you know, he's, he's like really like a perfectionist. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, that picture looks great. <laughs> We don't need to do the recipe again. Yeah. And he's like, do you want to go through this years from now and think we could have done this better? And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go cook again. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. He just wanted a meal. Yeah. <laughs> like that, those, those ribs were my favorite. I think we need to redo these. Yeah. Um, exactly. and so, it's on purpose. <laughs> yeah, right? He's I'm like, oh. <laughs> Very smart. Very smart. Oh, and so, yeah, so like then, you know, and when you get to the end and you're doing the photos, you want to make his photos look the best. So we picked the best paper, you know, and then and then the way we formatted it, it could only be like a table edition, like because it was already formatted the way I did it. So it was big, eight and a half by 11. 
And so then suddenly it's a coffee table book and it's 340 pages and, and you know, you're paying for glossy photos and a pretty cover because you don't want it to look like crap because you're representing your husband's photos and then yeah. it's expensive. And so yeah. going back, I probably would have chose maybe half the stuff. If anyone's listening who wants to do a cookbook, half the <laughs> stuff, <laughs> make it format it, you know, in a nice tight way that you can sell it for a, like half the price. Okay. So that's, that's what I learned in a nutshell. Yeah. Okay. So you also use a, a product called InDesign to use to to, to make the book. Mm-hmm. Tell us the funny story about about that. <laughs> so I I didn't know what I was doing. I just you know how you just look for stuff and you're reading online and you're doing a lot of research. And I just put this thing on my computer and I'm learning InDesign and I'm like googling how to do things, but finding little like pictures on the InDesign. And so I do the whole book and then I send it to my friend to like clean up some things. And he gets back to me, he goes, you know, you, you, your whole InDesign was in Spanish? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> He's like, what, what the hell? And so, <laughs> so our big joke between my friend who helped me with the InDesign, David, was like, you, you, you taught yourself how to write a cookbook in Spanish. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you could do that, you should be able to get a freaking apron, right? <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. And I just want to say that you are an amazing chef and I have been watching you ever since we got home. And I mean, I look at what you create and I look at what is being presented on this show and I, on, for some of these, you know, recipes and some of these challenges. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like they missed out. They missed out on you. And well, you know, I hope you know. I hope you know that. You. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, and like you know, I thought about that, and you know, I wouldn't have tried so hard and so many times if I didn't think I could do it. Yeah. Um, because I I told Gordon when I tried out, like when we were auditioning, you know, we're cooking, and we do have to talk to Gordon Ramsay. I told him I was a triple triple threat. Threat. And I was getting worked up. Yeah. <laughs> I told no. him I was a triple threat, and um that I could bake and I could cook and I can grill and I should be on the show because I can do all of the things that they want yeah. and, and, and do it fairly well. And I, I thought, I think I can, as you say, and I, I thought I could do it. Um, and, but I, what I did find when I was there is looking at people like you and, you know, all Madam Donut, um, Ross, um, people that you, uh, um, Trevor, people you look at and you're like, well, these are beautiful, beautiful people. And the thing I went away with on the, from the show was that I met really, really amazing people and making the top 20 was nearly impossible. And to be part of the top 40 and looking around at these people and thinking that I'm part of this, it almost makes me want to tear up right now. I mean, just, I mean, look, look, at, look yeah. at the people. I mean, and, and I think like, like Carla was, uh, right. Was it Carla? She was the, um, she was a newscaster at one time. Yeah. Um, these personalities were not small people. They were not small. Um, you know, Tyson. Yeah. Um, you, you, I mean, we got to know these people very well over the three weeks with all the intensity of everything and sharing our passions and all sharing the love for food. And if you just sit there and look around you, it's just incredible to think, I mean, I'm about to cry. Like, I'm part of this. Like, I'm, I'm that good that I yeah. could be part of this top 40. Okay, so whether they showed me on that TV for 30 seconds and they made me look kind of ridiculous and they didn't show my strength. Okay, so what, Master Chef? Right. So what? You know, 
we know who we are. And, and, and it was so cool to be with my people. And, it was. And, and I'll, I will never, ever forget that or the friendships that I've made. Like yeah. you. Yeah. Ever. And I feel the same way. And I'm going to cry, too. And I've been crying for the last <laughs> few minutes. Like, oh, so. Lord. <laughs> yeah. But um, well, she does this every show. I do it in every show. I cry all the time. I think it's just part of it. I mean, embrace it, people. Um, and... <laughs> And I, I was going to say, you know, like when I, when I was eliminated, I was devastated, but it wasn't necessarily that I was devastated that I didn't get an apron. Like I was devastated that it was all over and, um, mm-hmm. I cried and I cried and I cried on TV and I cried yeah. backstage and I cried in my interview. Um, and it wasn't because like I felt like a failure or anything. I think it was just because, yeah, I think I was just sad that the whole experience was now done, but I wish I would have known that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't done and it's not done for, for any of us. Like everybody's doing something amazing with their life. I felt completely out of my league. Like when I got there, I was like, and I met you and I met like a lot of these people that have a half a million followers on, on, on Instagram or have, you know, have cookbooks or, Hey, I'm releasing, I'm, you know, I'm, my cookbook's coming out. I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> but well, um, like, you're, you were there because you have a personality on camera and you don't, you have to, for this show, you need more than just cooking. You need, you, do. Yeah. you need, yeah. You need, you need a camera presence. You need a strong personality. You need not to be weak-minded. You need to have mental strength. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. Yeah. But the imposter syndrome is real, you know? It's real. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my Actually, when we were, when we were there, I didn't look up anybody uh, um, on there. Like everyone was looking up their other people's Instagrams and stuff and seeing how many followers they had. And and I didn't look up anybody because I didn't want to be intimidated and I didn't want to go in scared and so I refused to look up anybody I kind of laid low but I was a total dork y'all because <laughs> I was a, I, everyone was down at the bar you know and stuff and I was up in my room studying recipes like I had I had freaking note cards like I was in high school and I was like oh cardamom cardamom cumin and I was studying stuff up there like freaking out right because I was like, I'm going to do, if it took me this many times to get on the show, I'm going to study my ass off and I'm going to know everything they need me to know. And because it was just so hard for me to get on the show. And then I'd be talking to people and they're like, yeah, I just tried out once. And I just tried out once. And they called me and asked me to be on the show. And I'm like, good Lord, what does it take for me? You know, like, yeah. So that, yeah. that was kind of like, that was rough. Yeah. Like, it, finally. Yeah, finally. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right? So. What do you, I mean, we didn't get to see a whole lot of your audition, but I remember it. Um, what would you, what do you wish made it to air? What do you wish, like, what message did you want to get out? The, what I wish aired was when I was um, talking to um, the chefs and I, and my daughters were standing beside me and I uh-huh. said, I'm here because I want to show that there's no dream too big. And that if you set a goal, if you put the work behind it, you can get whatever you want to get. There's no yeah. stopping you. I mean, it may take seven to 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> but the, my, my point was to show, like, if you love something, if you have the passion for something and you set the goal to achieve it, yeah. if you can't just set the goal. You, this is what I wanted to tell them is you can't just set the goal and say, I want this. I want to be on MasterChef. 
and then sit home and make pancakes, right? Yeah. I mean, that's not that's not what I did. I worked, I built my social media. I mean, not as much as many of the people on the show, but I posted something every single day. I challenged myself to do different recipes. I mean, you know, achieve macarons, do them in the smoker, learn grilling and smoking recipes and doing desserts on them. And I was trying everything out of the box uh, to get noticed. Um, I did, you know, I thought that if I got on the show that I would learn from some of the best, best chefs. And I wanted to, I, I don't have time to go to culinary school because I have a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I thought if I got on the show that I would learn from the best and that, that was my purpose and that's why I wanted it so badly. Um, yeah. But yeah, the message that I would send, want to share with everybody is that to my daughters that, you know, if you, if you want something and you want to achieve it, put the work in, not just have a dream, like do the work. Yeah. Do it. Follow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sacrifice if you have to. Uh, yeah. And just keep trying. Resilience is important. And I think we've talked about that with a lot of other people that are really successful. And they've said resilience is, you know, the, the probably the most important thing. Because like, I think we talked about it last week. We talked about it with Vinny. We talked about it with, you know. Um, yeah. And I think, I think also, I think also is not letting, um, I think the other main thing is just not letting failure define you. Like, okay, if you try out for something six times and people keep telling you no and, and they don't give you a reason why and, and you start asking, you have the imposter syndrome, you start asking yourself, like, why why are they better than me? Why why can't I make it on the show? Like, I, I'm watching these people on the show. I know I can do this. Why are they picked and not me? You know what I mean? Right. And then, and then you, then you get, then you get the message that you're not on it. And then you're, you, you just went through all the stuff and you know how much you do to try to get on it. And you do this so many times and then you're like, I, I failed again, you know? And so to get up and pick yourself back up and be like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go for this again. I, I don't care. I, you know, I'm not a failure. I know I'm more this. I know I can do it and not give up is, is, is what it takes. I mean, not to let failure define you, even though I've, you know, you could say I failed again by not getting the apron, right? But no. but is is that the case? I, I don't know. No, absolutely. I, I don't think so. Well, you know, we, we talk a lot about <laughs> on the show defining success and how it's individual. Well, so is failure, right? So if you – there are people who will try something and quote-unquote fail, and they give up. They move on. And that, mm-hmm. that may be healthy for them. I don't know. But it's it's they, – they get to define what – what failure is and what success is. And, you know, technically, if you look at the dictionary version of, of what success is or failure, you mm-hmm. failed because you didn't win. <laughs> but you just said what your purpose was and you met your purpose. True. So, <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, and only my husband, one my husband said win. something that you, you both might like. My husband said, you know, Michelle, well, I think first of all, when I said I was trying out again, he goes, "No, you're not. I'm not doing any more of your videos." <laughs> and I said, "I said, how about just one more time?" And he goes, "He goes, we're, we're going to do this one more time." He goes, "But you know what? Getting on the show is like winning the lottery, and and right. you're not gonna you're not gonna get on the show. But I'm going to do these videos one more time." And so, hey, play the lottery, people. <laughs> play the lottery. But he also said something that uh, resonated with me is that, you know, you're going to lose on the show no matter when you lose, unless you win. I mean, does that make sense? It does. So, right. 
you're going to lose when you don't get the apron. You're going to lose when you're the first one to go home. You're going to lose when they, when they tell you you suck on the grill. You're going to lose mm-hmm. until someone wins. And But, you know, you can also maybe say you had the pride of making it to the top 10 and things like that. So, you know, yeah. but you are going to have a sense of, yeah. I mean, if, if 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 you go to the Olympics and get the get the bronze medal, did you lose? No, 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 no. I'm riding this high of being in the top forty for as long as I can. <laughs> I you have you it. you have done the best <laughs> job of riding this wave out of all of us. <laughs> the I'm very going best. back to the news. I'm going to go back to and cook on that news channel until they ask me to be on the news, like as a substitute anchor. That is my goal. And you'll, it, it'll happen. Matt, if you're watching, well, I know I'm, we're going to, we're going to work something out. Well, you know, my, my favorite person ever on TV was a, was a local TV weatherman. Oh yeah. <laughs> David Letterman. Oh I mean, there. Yeah, that's right. I didn't know. I remember watching him when I was in sixth grade. It was his TV show that was on right after the, the Today Show in the morning. It was on for about six weeks. It was on the summer of between like sixth and seventh grade. Uh-huh. And I was I so loved that show. And when it when it got canceled, I was so mad. <laughs> but then he got a show like a two two or three years later, or maybe a year later, I don't remember, um, where he was on you know network TV. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. It, and that lasted thirty something years. So, um, ride ride the wave as long as you can, and and yeah. you know what, Get to do the surfing yeah. analogy, it's always another wave. There's wave, right? yeah. You know, you at can walk into the shore and, and do something else, or you can just catch another wave. Yeah. Are you doing that? I like that. No. No. Okay. You're not. No. I'm, okay. Let me. I'm not going to do Master Chef again. Okay. Um, but you would do you a different show. Yes, I want to do. I want to do a different show. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I love being. I love being with uh, people like you, and um, being with people that love it as much as I do, and are mm-hmm. as excited as I am. Yeah. Uh, I, I would definitely do another show. Um, you know, just like we talk about when you know when to quit, as well as keep trying. Um, mm-hmm. And we talked about all these different things. I feel like I achieved my goal of getting on MasterChef because I did specifically say my goal is to get on the show. So I feel like I also told the universe not I wasn't specific enough. You limited yourself. <laughs> you limited right. your goal. Yeah. And but you know I, I think that. Yeah, I keep trying to say to and like, I don't know how to say it, but like without sounding super cliche is that. I feel like something better is coming for you. I mean, just because, I mean, you got on MasterChef. You were top 40 in the U.S. Like, that's huge. And I know people say it to me, and I don't believe it sometimes. But, like, you have to. That is a huge accomplishment. And maybe something, like, else is out there. I I know it is. You know? It's just, we just don't know what it is yet. And it's hard when you can't see around the corner. Um, to mm-hmm. what it, whatever the thing is, and you like and know, and I know your personality type likes goals, and uh, yeah, you know, an agenda, you know. <laughs> but that's uh, why I had to like I didn't have any shows that I tried out for, so I had to like try to think of something to do. So I was like, I guess I'll ride a century. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was gonna ask you about that. Uh, that's crazy. First of all, I, I read about this. I read about women riding a century. Um, 
in her curriculum last year. And I didn't know that this was still a thing that was still going on. But this has been going on since the very beginning of bicycles. Wow. Yes. And women used to do this like a hundred years ago. And they would, I mean, in dresses. In dresses. Yeah. Okay, but I'm not going to wear a dress. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't. You'd be noticed. Yeah. (laughs) Shit, right? Side saddle on my bike. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, so what's it like training for a century that you've never done before and what, how long are you taking to prepare for it? So when, when is, when is the race? The race is in three weeks, September 16th in Fredericksburg. Um, I've been riding my bike. I ride my bike all the time, but this has been about 20 weeks. I think I signed up for the race on July 14th. Um, I go for like, I ride my bike probably five days a week. I have a Peloton, so I do indoor training. Uh-huh. Um, intense training. And then I go for a one long ride a week with my friend, Max. Um, and so I, I'm ready. And then, you know, I also research it and like learn how to fuel properly because, you know, you have to eat a gel and a bar every 20, you know, every, you have to keep your body and full of carbs and proteins and, yep. you know, pace yourself. And, you know, so I think it's pretty flat ride. But okay. That's good. Um, and I've done triathlons and um, things like that. So I'd never done a century. So I decided that this was time to do something and set a goal. And I also gained some weight after MasterChef. <laughs> so I was like, hey, try to shed some there pounds here. And- that's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I gained weight before it. I gained weight before MasterChef because we were eating all that food. Like we right? were, we were eating, <laughs> we were practicing all those recipes. I do have yeah. a question for you about like mm-hmm. your life and your social media. And I feel like I cannot even keep up with what you do on social media. Is this your everyday life? Are you, is this your dinner? Is this your, like, are, is it, are you guys actually eating this stuff? Is this just for show? Is this like your family? <laughs> um, well, well, most, most of the stuff I make is, um, goes along with like more of my, um, low carb, diet and they're like the things I make aren't always fattening things okay like you know like I might smoke a pork um and have a shredded pork and then you know eat that over salad for the next couple days you know what I mean so we're like not feasting all the time and if I do cakes or or cookies and things like that because I don't really eat sugar (laughs) because really yeah I've I've cut that I've cut cut that out like I don't I'm not a big sugar person I try to do more low carb and more Uh healthy diet but I love baking and and you know like i'm a sugar dealer but not yes. a druggie you know what i'm saying but you're not, <laughs> you're not playing the product yeah <laughs> right so i just i just i just give it to small children you know what i mean here's some cookies yeah. no i'm just kidding <laughs> but like so i'll just then i'll just bring the baked goods into school and put them on my table and all the teachers will come yeah and, you know it's easy to give away baked goods so sure. i give the, a lot of that away our, our moms live nearby um and so then i'll bring them food and extra food so yeah and now at this point like when you when you when you build your social media too like a lot of companies i i'm an ambassador for dark canyon and Mm -hmm. um you know melissa's produce i I get some stuff from so you end up getting some free food so i'm not also buying it anymore all the time and so they'll give me something to do a reel with and like a pork belly that you saw yes so then i did it i did a japanese bowl with a smoked pork belly and, but the pork belly was literally like the size of my bed. 
<laughs> right? Wow. It was, it was gigantic. It wasn't really the size of my bed, but it was, it was yeah. gigantic. And yeah. so, well, you know, but luckily my daughters were home and they love pork belly. So we had a lot of that for days, but um, uh-huh. and gave some away. But, you know, things like that. So it starts and getting more economical as you work. You What's did up? the chili cinnamon rolls. That was like, yes. that was, I saw that go viral. I mean, I don't know if your video went viral, but that was a viral. No. Like, I saw that and I was like, everybody, probably 10 people have sent me that, a video of pork belly cinnamon rolls saying, you really? need to make this, you need to make this. I'm like, that, I, that's, I mean, like, I make pies. I mean, well, see, but you're, you, you're, but yeah. your TikTok is insane. It goes viral. Like, I've never had anything go viral. Like, it's, it's like also social media is maddening because you'll like cook a pork belly for 10 days and then you'll have seven, eight, 186 views and you're like, what? I know. What? You know, isn't it? It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. So, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will. That so makes you kind of crazy. Yeah. We were, Bill and I were just talking about this too. And like, I'll do a video, I'll spend all this time making like something that, you know, I'm, really care about and it will get like 300 views and then i'll you know go to circus circus and drag my suitcase down the stairs and post a two second (laughs) one second video and it gets that it goes viral i'm like what is going on like why are you guys following me you know i I have i I haven't haven't figured any of that out yeah but the um the pork belly cinnamon rolls that was cool because um my my best friend who lives in Texas, who I actually stayed with when I went and tried out for MasterChef in Texas, her brother-in-law is a pit master, and he had posted the recipe, and she posted eating it, and she tagged me, and she's like, you got to make this. This was delicious. And yeah. so I started texting with him, and we were talking about, you know, barbecue and cooking, yeah. and I'm joining his bar- competition barbecue team in October. Oh, my gosh. That's uh, so cool. So- so it's cool how things like lead to other things. Like I didn't, yes. I just made a cinnamon roll out of pork. I didn't think that I'd actually finally compete on a barbecue thing because I yes. always wanted to be on a barbecue team and actually compete. I've never done that before. And uh-huh. so I'll do my first one in October. So that's super cool. Oh my gosh. That so. is really cool. See, doors opening. You never know. I mean, you have no clue what's ahead. You know, you can never know. We just don't. Yeah. And, so um, and one of these days, I'm going to stay at a hotel that you're running, and we're going to cook together. I know. <laughs> I can't wait. Either that or I'll have to come out and visit you. But, yeah, come see me anytime. I would love to cook Come here, and you get some free um, headshots. Okay. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll feed you. We'll visit, and you can get some headshots. Make some content. Yeah. Let's do it. Right? I'm in. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. Okay. Well, gosh, I thank you so much for being here. I apologize for the technical difficulties in the beginning, but I'm glad that we got past it. And um, yeah, I just, I just really appreciate you. And I'm so glad that we're friends and um, thank you for making me cry today. I appreciate, I appreciate that little. (laughs) You got me unable to speak for a minute. (laughs) I was unable to speak for a minute. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough thing to do is make me stop talking. So you did you did pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know it's hard. It's hard because you know it's just like we made these connections under the weirdest circumstance. I mean, like I think that if we weren't in that 
you know, when you meet people, you don't really form connections like you do in a high stress situation where you just bond over the stress that you're experiencing with these people. And, and then you live it over again as you watch them compete and you feel their stress. And it's just, it's a really, it's a really unique bonding experience that like, I'm just super thankful for. And, and I remember sitting with you during some of those and just like, you know, um, talking and bonding over, you know, food and, and, you know, being, being the moms and, you know, I mean, it was Mm -hmm. just a really special experience. I appreciate you. I'm grateful to meet you. Anyway, real, real quick, you know, you know what it did teach me too is like I used to, I used to watch the show and be like, why do these fools cry over each other? Right? <laughs> why they're competing? You know, and then you get it. Yeah. Like, oh, I cry. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd make it on one of those shows. Not, not if I had the talent to do it, because I'm too competitive, and I think I'd like. Probably strangle somebody. <laughs> no, you could you could be the you could be the mean guy on there, right? I would take Gordon to task. Oh, he would I piss me off. Do it. Yeah, yeah. We need he to would, get him on the show, right? Yeah, we'll <laughs> give him some lessons. Right? Let's do it, and we'll cheer yeah. you along the way. There you go. Oh. And that other guy was an even bigger jerk. Yeah. I don't remember his name. Joe, the guy who said no to you. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Joe. Joe. Yeah. yeah Joe, also, Joe also said that I had the perfect crepe, by the way. That wasn't aired either. And, you know, there's, but you think about it. Well, when you're the person that doesn't get the apron, they're not going to show you be capable. Right. So, so that, you know, that kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, that does suck. It's so, all TV. Yeah. What, I, totally what I recommend you do is you, you start your own show. Just start your own show. Mm hmm. Your, your husband has connections, experience, and all that stuff. Start well, let your me own tell show. you a little secret, though, Bill. My husband doesn't start the show with me. Well, he, he thinks that now. He knows. I asked him to, I asked him to set, write an invoice for me because I was at work and I couldn't do it. And I was like, did you write that invoice yet? And he's like... No. And I'm like, well, what are, what are you waiting for? I, I need that invoice. Didn't we talk about that? I knew you needed to send me that invoice. And he's like, dude, I never work for you. He's like the laid back creative type cameraman. And I'm like, obviously driven to do stuff or I'm bored or I'm bored. So I'm a little yeah. hyperactive, and I'm like, Where, "Where's that invoice? Let's go. Let's take some pictures." <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. And this, and this, and this episode will take form, and it's gonna look like it was like you know, t- like it totally was curated, like and went exactly like we planned. Cool. <laughs> it's like magic. It's like it's gonna actually it's not you're not gonna like cut out everything and make me just stare at the camera and look really dumb. No. <laughs> Only if you want me to. No. no. <laughs> as long as you don't break a tooth, we're good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I still don't believe that she said that. I still don't believe that she said that. 
I'm still mad too because that was a bag of shelled pecans. Yeah. Here. Yeah. We won't talk Stop. about it. Yeah. We won't bring that up. No. <laughs> We're positive here on this podcast. We are. That's right. Yeah. And I don't want to get in trouble because I'm sure I signed a contract that said I would never, I would never say, right? Yeah. No, I, I, I say nothing. I, only, I could say it for you. I only say good things about Fox <laughs> and MasterChef. Yeah. I, I say nothing negative, you know? You broke a tooth. I'm sorry. It's cool. Sorry yes. about that. That's all I had to say. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're so fun. <laughs> I'm so glad that you were here. I'm so glad you were here. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting oh. me, both of you. This has been a yeah. lot of fun. And let us, oh, one more thing, one more thing. So we're going to share the link for your book. It's called Food, Color, Spice. It's available on Amazon. Um, it's also available on BookBaby. Book yeah. Uh, and where can we follow your social media? Um, at Food, Color, Spice on TikTok and TikTok and Instagram. So I have it and on Threads, TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. Um, food, Color, Spice is all the same. Perfect. Okay. Is there any dots in between or is it just food color spice? Just food color spice. Perfect. Okay. And it's a beautiful Thank book. You. Everybody needs everybody needs a copy. It's a great gift. The holidays are coming and it's a beautiful just even if you don't cook, it's beautiful to look at. I mean, they did an excellent job. So check it out. Thank you. Anyways. Thank you. All right. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Bye, Michelle. Okay. Thank you. Bye.